Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. There is an F word I want to share with you today. Don't get nervous. I'm not going to drop that F bomb. My regulars know that I may get close to it, just like right up to the line, but I won't cross it. The F word I want to talk about today is a word called flaw. Say flaw. Say flaw again. Here's the thing. All of us have had bad church experiences. If not, then After today, you can say you've had a bad church experience. I guarantee even in our small community, there was something that happened that was not pleasing to you. You can count that little whatever that was as a bad church experience. Some of us have been literally hurt by church. Our hearts have been broken by something that happened at church by either the pastor or people that were in the church. Uh, we didn't agree with certain theology or, 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 or certain things they believed in. We didn't agree with how they worshiped. We've all in this room can agree that we've had bad church experiences. Some of you may have gone to a church and you walked in the door and everybody looked at you because you didn't look like them. Some of you have have gone to church before and were judged because you didn't wear a suit or your dress was uh, slightly above your knees or, or, or any of those things. Some of you were looked at because when the offering plate went by, you didn't put your coins or anything in there, so they looked at you funny. We've all had bad church experiences. Some of us have went to church and, and, and been involved in the rumor mill, our names getting caught up in the mess. And here's what I want to share with you. A lot of times this messiness of church, the the flaws of the church sometimes cause us to give up on God. A lot of times we leave church, but in the same token, we end up leaving God. I don't need church. I can read the Bible at home, and you do good for about two weeks. Some of y'all, two days. And the next thing you know, you stop watching church on the Internet You stop hanging out with your saved folk. Why? Because you gave up on church, and when you gave up on church, you gave up on God, and now you are disconnected. But here's what I want to offer to you today. The church is flawed. And so, because the church is flawed, before I get any further into this message, may I just take a pause to offer my apologies I apologize on behalf of every single pastor that may have disappointed you. I I, I apologize for every single leader that that didn't say good morning to you or didn't greet you when you went to a church. I I, I apologize uh, to every single per for every single person that made you move out of the seat that you love. You thought you had the perfect seat, but they said, "No, my family's name is on the back because we pay for that pew." 
I, I, I apologize for every time you went to church and you felt judged and not loved. I apologize for every single time you walked through a church door and you felt like you were in court because you were being judged. I apologize for that this morning. I want to get all of that out the way. And I want to say this to you. The church is indeed flawed. But the church is flawed not because of what people did to you. The church is flawed because you're in it. The church is full of flawed people just like you and I that go to this building that's called church. And it's flawed because we bring our mess here and hoping that somebody spins the magic wand and all of a sudden all of my cares have gone away. I'm going to walk through these doors and my mess that was with me as I got to the door will suddenly go away because I'm in a place that's supposed to be flawless. The church is flawed because we're in it. But the beauty of that is this. This is why we chose this name, Mosaic Church. Because God takes a bunch of broken, flawed, imperfect, jacked up people, right? Brings them together and creates this beautiful masterpiece that is a mosaic. If, if you're not familiar with, familiar with how mosaics are created, uh, they're, they're a bunch of broken glasses or like, you know, your fine china that broke, but you don't want to throw it away. So you add these broken pieces of greatness that, that you can't do anything with anymore. And you bring them together and you put them on this canvas. And all of a sudden, it's worth sometimes millions of dollars if you're a good artist. But do you all know that we are serving under one of the greatest artists that we've ever known before? And he took us from different colors, different shapes, different backgrounds, different stories, different pains, different hurts, different challenges, different walks of life, different social economics, different racial lines. He took all of us and says, you know what? Bam, 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 bam. Wow, this is perfect. This is art. This is a mosaic. And when I look over, over my life and I talk about my church experience, I never saw that before. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up a Christian. As a matter of fact, I didn't even believe in God, to be honest with you. I, I just was lost at an early age. And the times that I did go to church, it was because a friend invited me, and I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to sleep over your house and you guys go to church Sunday morning, well, I want to sleep over your house because you have the latest video game. So if that means me going to this church on Sunday and, and, and you know the question when you're a little boy, right, or you're a young kid, you're sleeping over, it's like, yeah, you got to go to church. Your first question is, are there cute girls there? Come on, can I tell the truth? Are there cute girls there? And then he starts naming them and where they sit, and you can't wait. Now I really want to go to church. So I go to church because a friend invited me. Another reason I go to church because a girl invited me, and she says, I can't see you, you know, outside, but if you come to church, you know, I'll sneak out to the bathroom and... And we would just connect. And so I would go to church for those reasons. But do you know every time that I went to church for those reasons, I always felt judged? I recall one specific uh, moment I went to a church and I showed up, and I was a teenager, and I was, you know, I was cool. I was kind of hip-hoppy. I had two earrings in my ear. And, you know, back then we, we, we did not sag pants. My generation, that, that's not my generation of the sagging. We did, we, we wore belts. 
Sometimes they weren't connected, but we still had on belts in my generation. I'm an 80s kid. I was born in the 70s, but I came up in the 80s, right? And our pants were tight. We started the tight ones because we had Lee jeans, different colors that were kind of tight. And we had the Adidas without the, shells, without the shoestring. So I came in in all of my hip-hop regalia, if you will, looking who I am. I didn't have a tie. I didn't own a tie. I didn't own a suit. Why? We don't go to church in my family. Why would I own a tie and all that? I get to church, and it seems like the pastor just just wanted to speak about young boys in earrings walking around looking like sissies. I was offended, very much so. And at this time, I was into this black liberation. I was like, you know, Black Panther Party, Shaka Zulu, you know, learning my African history. And so, you know, Pastor so-and-so with his nice robe on sat and stood in the back of the place waiting for everybody to shake hands. And I waited. I said, I'm going to wait all the way. And then, you know, he, he, he did, somebody wanted to get in line. I let them cut because I had some choice words for Pastor so-and-so. I says, listen, when I finally got my chance, I says, listen, you know, you talking about brothers wearing earrings and calling us sissies. I was like, where does it say that in, the, in your Bible that you read? And, you know, we went back and forth. I says, okay, okay, cool. Y'all served breakfast this morning, right, Mr. Pastor? He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, what'd y'all serve for breakfast? He said, man, we had bacon and this and that. Were you there? I was like, what's that? Por-? You know, I didn't know, but turkey bacon wasn't popular back then. I was like, so you serve bacon, right? He said, yeah. I was like, so since you want to point out things in the Bible, you can't show me anywhere in the Bible where it says a boy that wears two earrings is a sissy. Can I show you in your Bible in Leviticus chapter 11, verses 7 and 8, where it says those who eat the splitted hook? And I went in on him. And he says, yeah, but Jesus came and made everything good so you can eat pork. I was like, all right, cool. Have you ever heard of uh, great kings like Shaka Zulu or King Tut who wore two earrings and it was a sign of their royalty and they, and they showed their, their, their ranking in terms of the civilization that they were over, which is one of the oldest civilizations known to man. Did you ever hear about that, Mr. Pastor? So-and-so, listen, I don't have time for this young man. And he dismissed me. And so for the next 15 to 20 years, I, I did not go to anybody's church because I felt judged. And many of you have similar stories. No, maybe you weren't called a sissy because you wore two earrings. Maybe you weren't judged because of how you dressed, but somebody certainly offended you. And perhaps you've taken a time out from church. But I want to say this. God loves flawed people. I think God even loves this pastor who was flawed and judged me. I think, I, th- I think God loves us, flaws and all. How do I know that? Well, if I look in the Bible and read it from the index to the maps, every story in there of a person of greatness shows how they were flawed. God took flawed people and did amazing things with them. Everyone from David to, to a prostitute named Rahab who was in the lineage of Jesus <laughs> to Paul who was killing Christians, to Peter, who was cutting Christians' ear off, to one of the greatest men that we'll read about in just a second that is often overlooked, a shameless tax collector by the name of Levi. Some of you may know him by his other name, Matthew took this flawed man in the eyes of the society that he lived in. He was worse than a sinner because he collected taxes, took him and added him to his number of disciples. And I want to share some of his story with you today. If you are taking notes, and listen, this, I promise you, we're going to be out of here right just after kickoff, just after kickoff, okay? Just, all right? You could take some cake with you, my treat. If, you, if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, and this is in your notes, the first thing I want to share with you is this scripture. 
comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 29. It says this. Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. He said, follow me and be my disciple. And so Levi got up, left everything. That means he left his money. He left the table. He left his, uh, his, his accounting notes. He left his ledger, if you will. Got up right there and followed him. This is how he responds to that. Later, because he was invited to follow him, this is what he did. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. God, bless me today. Bless these words that I share. Make it plain. Make it applicable. Let it make sense, God. This morning, allow my tongue to be articulate. Allow my mind to be freshed, refreshed. And most importantly, God, allow my heart to be pure. I represent you today as your ambassador. Use me to share your words. In Jesus' name, amen. A great man known to many who was not even Christian but had a great love for Jesus said these words. He says, I love your Christ. I love your Christ. Most of his study was devoted to studying Jesus. He says, I love your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. I love your Christ, but I don't like your Christians, and I don't like your Christians because they don't look anything like your Christ. And the man who said that was none other than the great Mahatma, Mohandas Gandhi, who spent a great time of his life studying the life of Jesus. Matter of fact, he wanted, he was this close to becoming a Christian, but until he went to a particular church in the area where that he was at, he went into the place, but he was too dark to participate in worship. His complexion didn't look like these people, and so they wouldn't allow him in there. And he went somewhere else and experienced and met Christians who did not look anything like Christ. And so for all these years, he was so in love, a great majority of his study, a great majority of his writing and his theology was all about Jesus, but he refused to be a part of this faith called Christianity because nobody looked like the man that we are so-called following after. And many of us here today in this church have bad church experiences, have been in places that were in churches that were flawed because many of us do not look like Christ. Here's the thing. Let me just share this. If you've had a bad church experience, chances are you've also been part of the reason somebody else has had a bad church experience. Can I tell the truth this morning? It works both ways. If you've been offended, I guarantee you've offended someone, even if it was unintentional. It can always be, you know, that, y'all know that saying, well, see, I didn't mean to do that, but what had happened was, what had happened, my intentions were this. Perception is the reality. If you've offended someone, accept it, you've offended them. That's it. 
So if you've been offended, I guarantee, as my New Orleans folks would say, guarantee that you have offended someone. And here's the thing. Many of us don't look like Christ. Title is not enough. The fish on the back of your car, yeah, don't work. Jesus is my homeboy t-shirts, not enough. What would Jesus do? Bracelets, still not enough. Yeah, but, but I give more than 10%. That's cool. Pastor and the church appreciate it, but not enough. I, I'm the first one to show up to volunteer. Gold star for you, Mr. and Mrs. Volunteer. Not enough. Jesus wasn't the first person to volunteer. He wasn't the first person to give his tithe and his offering. He, he wasn't the first person. You know what Jesus was? He was the first person not to just respond to people who were hurting, who were dealing with ailments, who were broken. He was the first one to guess what? Love. He was the first one to love. And we look at the things that he did, and we're like, oh, man, Jesus was a first responder. Why was he a first responder? He wasn't trying to be popular. The man was out. He was a wanted man. His own people in his own neighborhood tried to kill him. His own family members were like, dude, you are the what? You ain't the Messiah. Dude, I washed your, I washed your little butt. I changed your diaper. You can't possibly be this, this Messiah. You a carpenter's son. You can't possibly be the Messiah. They judged him. They ridiculed him. He wasn't the first one to be responded because he wanted to be popular. He was the first one to respond because it was out of love. He changed the game when, he, when, when the Pharisees, these lawyers who, who knew everything, and they says, hey, what's the most important commandment? He ripped them to pieces and said, you answered that, my friend told him a story about, about a man that was broken and beaten down, and, and, and one of their enemies was a first responder. Why? Because it was out of love. And I think that if we, you and I, and other people like us would do more loving and stop judging and stop picking our sides and picking our crew and picking people that look like us and hanging out with people that act like us and read what we read and listen to music we listen to, I think that if we begin to operate in a space of love, I think this world will be a different place. We just wrapped up a short series about won't you be my neighbor and the importance of really taking that commandment to love your neighbor literally. Literally. How many of y'all have started that process? I'm, I'm, I'm looking for hands. Don't lie. This is church. Lightning goes through buildings. I'm just playing. <laughs> really, do that. If, um, listen, this is not play play. I'm doing this because I'm not trying to be popular pastor. I'm not doing this to be cool. I really believe that if we get to heaven, we get to the pearly gates, he's not going to, you're going to get partial credit for everything you did if you did not love your neighbor. He said it himself, the most important. He didn't say one of the most important. I'll read it for if you don't believe me. He didn't say one of the most important. He says, the, all caps, bold letters, whatever font you want, the most important commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He gave it plain, no guessing. You don't have to play around with it. Who is my neighbor? Start right in your neighborhood. Matter of fact, start with the person next to you. Introduce yourself. Go ahead. Do it right now. Quick, 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 quick. Go, go, go. I love you. Now, you're, 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 you're not, you're, you're, listen, let me tell you what. You're part of the way there now. Now, literally, begin to love on them. I dare you to exchange numbers with somebody. I dare you that after service, right, 
I'll give you permission to look to see if you got it in your account right now. I dare you to invite somebody to lunch right after service. I double dog dare you. Somebody you will, somebody that you would never ever on normal circumstances hang out with. Somebody you just introduced yourself to. I double dog dare you to do that. It will be uncomfortable, right? Right? Yeah, life is uncomfortable. So what sets us apart here in church? We have to have uncomfortable experiences that stretch us beyond our comfort zone in order to truly love and honor the greatest commandment to love our neighbors. I dare you to invite somebody to, to lunch after church today. You can start with me. Listen, one son is not with us today, so it won't be that expensive. <laughs> It'll only be five of us. I'll cover my wife and I. You take the kids. Better yet, switch. I'll take the kids because they got the discount, and y'all take care of me and my wife. I'm just playing, sort of. But uh, <laughs> seriously, if we begin to love flawed people, here's what I want to share with you, too, and then you're going to take some notes. If you've been hurt before, let me share this with you. Hurt people hurt people. You've heard that before, right? Hurt people hurt people. But if you've been blessed by your church, by the people in your church, I want to share this and offer this, that blessed people bless people. People that have been blessed, they bless others. They share the blessing. They, they, they share that. If you've been hurt, somebody hurt, hurt you. When you hurt somebody, you were hurt. You didn't mean to do it. You just were hurt. You were in a bad place. Let me share this with you. Let me share how God views flaws. Here's your notes. God is not interested in perfection. He's not. He just, he don't, I don't, I don't want you to be perfect. If he called perfect people, I would not be your pastor today. Amen, somebody. And if you go to another church, your pastor wouldn't be your pastor. If you're married, your husband wouldn't be your husband. If you, your, your wife wouldn't be your wife if God only chose perfect people to connect. God is not interested in perfection. Isn't it amazing that he chose? This is a deep story to me because it changed everything for, for the Israelites during a very critical point in their life. When he chose a prostitute to be a spy, and he would use her experience to kind of totally save these people. That's amazing. And, and then watch this. She's actually in the lineage of Jesus. That's like his great, 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 great auntie or something like that. Or, or grandmama or something. There's a connection. They're related. Or, or, or he chose one of the greatest kings ever in, in, in King David, who was just a little shepherd boy. And he said, I'm going to take this little shepherd boy who's been out here fighting these mountain lions and, and fighting these little black bears and stuff, and I'm going to take him because he's, he's, he's crafted the skill of using his slingshot. And I'm going to take him, anoint him as king, and, and, and then I'm going to put him in a place and he's going to rule uh, like, like never before. And he took him, flaws and all. Yeah, and he had some flaws. He, he loved women. No, like he really loved women. He, he loved them a little too much, and he should have been at war with his team as a general, but instead he was watching the sisters shower, and, you know, y'all know that story, right? And he ended up doing things, and they related. She got pregnant, and he had her husband killed. Yeah, yeah, you know that story. But do you know in the Bible it says he is a man after God's own heart? Really? Hold on. Now I'm doing this wrong then. Flawed, I tell you, flawed. 
Peter, one of the great disciples that was hanging out with Jesus, he stopped fishing, but he held on to his fisherman's knife. He kept that knife. And as soon as uh, these guards came to arrest Jesus, man, Peter jumped out and said, what? Not my man. You ain't going to take this Jesus. You ain't going to take Jesus. And cut the dude's ear off. Flawed people. Saul, who was, who, was, who was persecuting Christians, calling them out, wanting to kill them, converted him. Flawed people. Gideon. I can go on and on. Noah, a drunkard. Huh? Let's talk about Adam and Eve, how they jacked that up, right? The first family in the Bible. I mean, he uses flawed people. In a minute, I'll begin calling y'all names. Flawed people he uses. He's not concerned with perfection. That's his job. Your job is to have a willing heart. Second thing I want to specialize, share with you. God specializes in using flawed, not faultless people. He specializes in using flawed, not faultless people. Do you know what it means to specialize? That is your area of expertise. Changing people that are flawed, jacked up, messed up, disconnected, a mess. And he knew what he was doing. Because if you think about when he first created us, he could, listen, he made gates, uh, he made gates of pearl. He made uh, the roll, the gold. I mean, he's done some amazing stuff. He could have made us with some of that material. But he said, no, I'm just going to take dirt. Dirt that we, we walk on, we trample on, animals release themselves on. Dirt that if you add water to it, doesn't make it prettier. It becomes mud. It's still dirty. And he took us because he knew that we would be such a mess. He says, I'm going to take this mess, and I'm going to put it together, and I'm going to mold it and make it clay. I'll add all of the stuff I wanted to it, and I'm going to mold it and make it clay. And he took us, dirt, messy people, because he knew that's what he'd be dealing with and formed us. He intentionally uses flawed and faultless, and, and flawed people, not faultless people. Any faultless people in here? Oh, good, good. I knew I was in the right place. We are all flawed people. Here's the third thing I want to share with you. God uses imperfect people, not impressive people. You know what I used to hate before I was a Christian and then in my early Christian life? You know what I used to hate? I'm just going to be honest. I hated people that could quote Scripture but didn't, didn't live their life like that. You know what I mean? People are like, man, you know, and, then, and the Bible says in, 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 in Zephaniah, you'd be like, Zephaniah? When that car come out, Zephaniah, I'm going to get me to Zephaniah. I'm like, I don't, don't quote Scripture to me. I remember a pastor said one time, man, it's probably the greatest sermon I ever heard in my life. He said, he said don't believe, you know, all of y'all sitting in these churches, y'all, y'all serving under the pastors. And I'm not saying anything to people who are visiting today, but, I, but this is one of the greatest sermons I heard. It changed my life. He says, y'all serving under these pastors who ain't never lived nothing. They tell, they're trying to tell y'all how to live a certain life, but they never lived it themselves. They're trying to tell you to stay away from promiscuity. They're trying to tell you to stay away from alcohol. They're trying to tell you to stay away from, from smoking weed and all of this stuff, but they never did any of it. How are they going to tell you how to get out of something they never lived through? I've done all of that. So if I say something, I can tell you it because I was a mess. It's the truth. And when that pastor told me that, I'm like, I'm in the right place, doc, because I've done all of it, plus some. Let me show you my bad sin resume. My sin resume is crazy. But he said that, and that makes sense. And some of us are taking advice from people who have not gone through some stuff. We're, 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 we're talking to people that are trying to tell you how to hold on to your relationship, but they haven't had a relationship since high school. 
since that person took them to the prom. That was the last real relationship they had. They're trying to tell you how to be a great parent, but they've never even taught a child in school, Sunday school. They don't have kids of their own. They're not an auntie or an uncle, but they're trying to tell you how to do what you got to do. Got people that's so holy telling you, oh, man, you know, you need to leave pornography alone, but they never saw a triple X movie in their entire life. They never even, even heard of it. Put Playboy in front of them, and they're like, whoa, whoa, Nelly, what is that? Have not experienced anything. Tell you to stop drinking, you shouldn't drink, and they never even had wine. And by the record, we're speaking of wine. Do you know that when Jesus performed one of the first miracles that we read about, we don't know if that's the first miracle he ever performed. Just going to be honest. Many pastors say that's the first miracle he ever performed. There's no proof to that. But we do know it's the first miracle that we read about in the Bible, okay? It was what? Making wine. And it wasn't for the Eucharist. Okay, that's a, that's a religious term. The communion. It wasn't for the Eucharist. They were at a party. They were turning up. And all of a sudden, the punch bowl got empty. They were like, yo, Jesus, hook it up. Got it. Let's go. Let's do what we do. Let's turn up. And they turned all the way up. So I'm, I'm, I'm not condoning alcohol. What I'm saying is we're taking the advice from people who've not lived a life. They're holy. They are living this life of faultless. Oh, I've done everything perfect. And, 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 and I, you know, oftentimes I talk about my marriage, and you all see us on Instagram, and I talk about my family, and you see us all on Instagram, like, oh, man, Pastor V, y'all, y'all are doing so great, man. But there are times when me and my wife are just like, yo, you go to that room, I'm going to go to this room, and we're just going to chill out. Then there are other times it's like, you leave the house, take a ride, don't come back for 24 hours. And then we post a picture of when, when I come back, because when I come back, he's like, Look at me and my wife having dinner. Me and her, she's happy. I'm happy. But an hour ago, we weren't. The day before, we like beefing. Or you see me and my family, we out and eat. Oh, you have such a beautiful family. But, man, it takes work to keep that family in line. Dang. I don't know why I didn't get surgery early on and stop. But you see the pictures. They're like, oh, man, they're taking vacations. They're going swimming. They went bowling. But uh, y'all don't know at bowling I was going to choke somebody. Just, uh. We're all flawed. And the people you're dealing with who are trying to give you this advice, if they have not lived, I would listen, real talk. The next time somebody tries to give you advice about a certain area of your area, say, tell me about how you handled that when you went through it. Oh, you didn't go through it. Bye-bye. Call me later. Go through it and then let me tell you about it. I don't need advice from people who have not been through what I've been through. A buddy of mine was, is, is going through a separation or a divorce, and he's got a whole bunch of married people to giving him advice. And I said, when he came to me, I said, brother, my stuff is tight, so I wouldn't even know how to tell you how to deal with this. So as a friend, let me first tell you this. Bruh, let's pray. As a pastor, let me say you this. Here are some numbers for some divorce counselors, some marriage counselors that can help you through it. They are certified, qualified, and professional. They can do this. Me, brother, me and my wife, tight, I wouldn't even know what to tell you. Because we ain't dropping the D word. Right, baby? Fine. Well, you're just fine for no reason at all. Just fine. 
That's how you keep this thing working. It's a compliment randomly in the middle of a sermon. You're fine, girl. And Jesus said, no. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you this morning. <laughs> but real talk, quit taking advice from people who have not lived that life. I would just dare you. The next time somebody offers some unsolicited advice, tell me, how did you deal with it when you went through it? Or you haven't gone through it? See me when you go through it because I don't think you would qualify to speak that into my life on today. Amen. You are not qualified to tell me about that. Here's some four things. It's not in your note, but if you want to take it, you can take it, and I'm going to pray this out here. Here's how you should deal with flawed people, people who've looked at church in, in, in flawed ways and given up on God. This is what I want you to do, to tell these people about how wonderful God has been. I want you to, first of all, take the personal responsibility. I want you to commit today. You know what? I'm not going to let people that I know that are not uh, uh, connected to church who don't love God, I'm, I'm not going to just let that fall by the wayside. I personally am going to take the responsibility to at least share my testimony. It says, the Bible says lives are changed by the word of the testimony, not Scripture. Word of your testimony, your story, how you made it through something. I dare you today, say, I'm going to take the personal responsibility. Say that. Take the personal responsibility. Second thing I want you to do, I want you to build relationships. Build personal relationships with people. Really, I, I can't wait to hear stories about how somebody, a stranger in this building today, took y'all, took somebody to lunch. And here, here's would be a great vision for me, is to see y'all fighting over who's going to pick up the check at a restaurant. No, I got it. I got it. I, I love to see when that happens. And so I would love for that to happen for you today with somebody you don't even know. And, and maybe your budget don't have it. Then just, just say, meet me down at McDonald's, and I'll get you like a dollar tea or something like that. If you don't got a dollar to do tea, I got your back. Okay? Or take the cake and say, let's meet at the park. Whatever you got to do, but connect with someone. Make a personal relationship today. You don't know what their story is. They may be lonely right now in a crowded room. And you could be the one that changes that for them. You could be the catalyst of change. Here's the third thing. Share your personal story. I'm not going to lie. Anybody here watch reality TV like talk shows? Y'all remember Ricky Lake and all that stuff back in the day and Jerry Springer? Y'all know why we watch that stuff? Because we like seeing other people's mess. We like hearing their stories. We like seeing them go through some stuff. It's entertaining. Watch this. I guarantee if you take somebody to lunch today or have some coffee or some cake with them afterward or just hang out and start knowing them, I guarantee when you hear their story, you'd be like, man, that's juicy. I know scandal is starting in the next week, but what you're talking about is even more juicier than Olivia Pope. Oh, y'all don't watch scandal. Man, I mean, y'all, y'all have got holy on them. They don't watch scandal, James. Y'all, oh my goodness. If I sat up here and just told, that's the reason why a lot of y'all come. It's not the scripture I share. Y'all like hearing my stories like, dude, it's jacked up, but it's fun. This dude went through some mess, man. It's, I wonder what he's going to say today. Really, share your testimony, share your story. And here's the final thing. Give an invitation. Give an invitation two ways. One, give an invitation for them to, one, accept Christ in their life. Two, give an invitation for them to maybe join your church. So they can have some people to hang out with and chill and make it home in time for kickoff and eat good. And hang out with people that's flawed, just like they are, that will love them, not judge them. Next week, we start this amazing service. I mean, amazing series. It's entitled, No Perfect People Allowed. Wow. I wish that there was a church that said that when I was lost. Because I always felt that I had to be perfect to go. 
I had to have a tie on. I had to have a jacket on. I couldn't do certain things because I was flawed. I mean, I always felt that if I went to church, even though I just left the club a couple hours ago, I'm being honest. Some of y'all have done that too, same makeup and stuff. Smelling like men, smelling like Dracar Noir. Uh-huh. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Have gone right from the club to the church. I, I was one of those people. And had they said way back then when I was doing that, no perfect people allowed, I'm like, whoa, that's not me. I'm not perfect. I'm in the right place, baby. And this series that we're kicking off on next week is talking about how God used imperfect people to start a radical revival and revolution that we call the church today. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. And if you've missed any of our sermons, I want to let you know you can go on our website uh, under media. And our website is wearemosaicchurch.org. Check under media, and you can hear all of our messages all the way from back to when we started so that you can be in the loop. And there's some good stuff. I mean, I was listening to my stuff. I was like, man, that dude can, oh, that's me. That's me. That dude can preach. It's, that's, that's me. Let me stop. You're right. Thank you, Liz. Liz. This is why I tell you, I got to have people like Liz control me. Anyway, check that out. I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, certainly, please join us on uh, next week. Uh, we would love to have you here as we start this brand new service, new series. I keep saying service, new series entitled No Perfect People Allowed. So if you know anybody perfect, you don't want to invite them. And there's nobody perfect, so that means invite everybody. Duh. Goodness gracious, y'all are slow. Anyway, our worship team is going to come. Let me pray for y'all. So we can go ahead. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.